You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. And won. What up, Raider Nation? Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Thursday, September 26th. 2019. Hopefully you enjoyed Wednesday's show. Hopefully you enjoyed the crossover edition, even though it wasn't the official crossover edition. But Derek Schultz from uh, Fox Sports 1260 and in Indy broke down the Colts for us, and hopefully you enjoyed that. Got a little bit of background on the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously the next opponent up for the Raiders on Sunday. Early kickoff, another 10 a.m. kickoff on the West Coast, and you already know how I feel about those and how the Raiders historically have done in those games. But either way, you got to deal with it. It's on the schedule. It's uh, it's just what you got to do. So. Uh, uh, we'll see on Sunday how that shakes out. Coming up on today's show, Raider Nation, I am pumped up. I'm fired up, excited about what we have for today's show because it wasn't really what I had planned. Originally, I had planned on Thursday or Wednesday, I came up with some real good idea in my head what I was going to do and some things I wanted to talk about and bring to the table. And then all of a sudden, when I was in the barbershop, things changed. Things changed because I saw something on Twitter. So let me get to the little breakdown of what's going on on today's show. Segment number three, I'm going to have your calls off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. I apologize right now for some that might not get on right away. I'm not trying to avoid any calls. I'm not trying to avoid any certain person in general. I'm not trying to do that. And you'll understand why I'm going ahead and pointing that out right now because you'll hear it in segment number three. Some people think that I'm, a, I'm trying to avoid them. I am not. I just have a lot of calls. I apologize for that. I guess when the monster grows, when the, you know, when the show grows and a lot of people call in, we just don't have the time. We don't have the time to play everybody's calls. So I apologize. If I ever miss your call or don't get it on, you could always hit me up and be like, hey, Q, uh, I thought I had a really good call. Man, hit me. It, you could tell me. You could ask me. It is all good. I'm not going to get offended, but I'm just letting you know I'm never, ever avoiding anyone's call. I don't even care if you call in and say that I suck and you're the worst host ever and da, 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 that'd be fine. That's cool. I'll put that on the show, too. I've done it before. <laughs> so it's not a big deal. Anyway, so again, I apologize for any call that I have not gotten on. In segment number two, I'm going to audible on what I was going to do. I had a topic that I wanted to just go ahead and break down and talk about in segment number two, but I saw something on Twitter while sitting in the barbershop waiting to get my hair cut, and uh, it was an article. It was a little piece that my man Tommy Call 3 actually put out for Raiders Wire, and he is a, he works on 95.7 The Game. He also works at Raiders Wire. He's a really good draft guy. Like He's always the dude to go to when it gets near the draft. I've had him on the podcast many times before. He's, he's really good. He breaks down a lot of good stuff as far as the draft goes. And he puts something out on wide receivers. And since, you know, the Raiders obviously don't have a number one wide receiver, something we've talked about a few times on the on the show, he put out something about draft wide receivers. And I'm not trying to focus on the draft right now. I'm really not because that means that the season's over. When you start talking about the draft, that basically means 
that the season's over, and I'm not ready to go ahead and do that. I think there's way too many games left to be played, and I kind of want to see how things shake out before I start just diving deep into the draft. So anyway, uh, I read that piece while sitting in the barbershop, and it was really good on about five or six different wide receivers, and I, I suggest you go ahead and check it. Check it out. I retweeted it. And uh, anyway, so I hit him up after I finished reading, and I was like, hey, man, you got a couple minutes to talk about uh, wide receivers tonight? And uh, he said, yeah, no doubt. So Wednesday night, I was able to talk to him. We had a, a nice little conversation that was only meant to be about eight to ten minutes. Ended up being like 20 minutes. So anyway, you're going to hear that conversation. Has to do with wide receivers in the league right now on the Raiders roster and wide receivers that are in college. And, and you know, just a couple things Raiders related. John Gruden, uh, Derek Carr a little bit real briefly. It just We kind of scattershot. When we start talking, well, you know how things go, man. We start really rolling. So that's what you're going to hear in segment number two. Uh, that was a fun conversation, and I hope that you enjoy it. Here in segment number one, I'm going to do like I always do, kind of give you the news and notes of the day. John Gruden had his press conference on Wednesday, and so I broke down a couple uh, pieces of it, and I just want to play a few little pieces of audio for you. You can hear what he had to say, and like I said, I'm not going to play the whole press conference, but I'll just play a, a couple pieces of it. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. John Gruden, first of all, opened up the press conference talking about the roster moves that have been made. I talked about them briefly on Wednesday about the linebackers that have been signed, where they came from, and that they were being uh, added to the Raiders roster. And then also talk about uh, uh, Markel Lee going to IR. Well, he talked about the roster moves that were made. Here he is opening up his press conference talking about those roster moves. We made a couple roster moves. We uh, put Justin Phillips, practice squad linebacker, on the active 53. We signed Dakota Allen, a linebacker off of the Rams practice squad, who we like. We saw him play practice against us. And uh, we signed Quentin Poling to our practice squad to be a linebacker. So we had uh, three linebackers change uh, their status. And uh, unfortunately, we, we had to make move, uh, a couple moves. We released Ryan Grant. Um, wide receiver. So I believe Ryan Grant being released, that was the only thing that I hadn't talked about on Wednesday because that hadn't been made official yet. As a matter of fact, I didn't know it was going to happen at all. Uh, but yeah, Ryan Grant gets released on Wednesday. Uh, you heard John Gruden talk about it right now. So that was a guy that he was very excited about when the Raiders got. He was a guy that I wasn't very excited about. I didn't think he was going to make the 53-man roster, but he did. Ultimately, he ends up with like, what, four catches for 14 yards for the Raiders. Only plays in, in two games, and then uh, he was a healthy scratch on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. So he was asked, and I think Vic Tafer is the one who asked him, you know, what changed? What has changed all of a sudden where you were fired up about Ryan Grant and now all of a sudden he's released? Obviously, uh, we've had some injuries to Dwayne Harris. We had a receiver uh, that we thought was going to be here playing. It didn't work out, and roles have changed. And uh, unfortunately, we had to make some changes to uh, help solve some of our issues. And that was a tough decision for us. We're going to miss him. He's a good player. So there it is right there. Real quick, brief explanation on why Ryan Grant was released. And, I mean, he's not really going to sit here and say, well, because he didn't perform very well against Kansas City and then he was in my doghouse and saw a release. I mean, he's not going to say that. Uh, that probably had a little bit to do with it. But anyway, either way, it doesn't really matter. Ryan Grant is no longer a member of the Oakland Raiders. Now, one of the guys that they did sign and a guy that I'm actually pretty excited about is linebacker Dakota Allen. He came off the Rams practice squad. And I didn't really get to talk about him in too much detail on Wednesday because I had that big uh, interview that I had played that I needed to play, and so I didn't really get into detail. But Dakota Allen, when he was at Texas Tech, man, he was a dog. He was an absolute dog, but then he got uh, caught up in some burglary thing and, and got charged with it, but then it ended up getting dismissed. And that's why he got kicked out of Texas Tech was because of this little burglary stuff that he was, uh, he was involved with. But he was a dog on that Texas Tech defense. And, look, I know Texas Tech's defense isn't great, and I know he's also a guy out of the Big 12, and, you know, nobody really – 
sits here and talks great about defensive guys out of the Big 12. But Dakota Allen, in my opinion, can play. He was a seventh-round draft pick of the Rams. I think he's going to be a, a, a nice little player. I hope he could be a nice little player. I really do. Uh, he has an opportunity. He kind of looks the part, but obviously looking the part doesn't mean you're going to be the part, right? So John Gruden was asked, you know, what do you like about Dakota Allen? Yeah, he's a young guy. He's got life in his legs. He's contact player. He's got some range, physical player. Just needs a chance. And uh, hopefully um, – he cashes in on this opportunity. That sure would be nice, right? It would be nice to have a young stud at a linebacker position. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a stud. I'm not saying he's Roquan Smith or anything like that. I'm not going to go out there and throw that out there because, look, let's remember, he was a seventh-round draft pick of the Rams, so it's not like he was a first-round guy and uh, a guy that was going to be touted to be the, the next dude, you know. But if he can uh, pick it up, if he can pick up Paul Gunther's scheme and get out there and play, man, that, that would be nice. So I'm interested to see what kind of juice he could bring to the table. I know he's a tough dude, so he'll bring some toughness to that that defensive side of the ball and that linebacking core which you know already has Vontez Burfitt which is about as tough as it needs to be dudes out there throwing haymakers at a uh, Minnesota Vikings and I thought that was funny I thought that video was funny but uh, I saw some people trying to justify and say oh he was trying to knock the ball out I didn't it didn't look like he was trying to knock the ball out to me it looked like he was just out there a little frustrated and just swinging throwing some bows but uh, again maybe I'm wrong maybe he was trying to knock the ball out either way not a big deal. Uh, I'm not mad at him at, at all. I just I thought it was kind of funny. So uh, one conversation that we've had on this podcast has been about AB not being there and the fact that, you know, all of a sudden they don't have wide receiver number one. And I gave John Gruden a lot of credit, a lot of credit after that Denver win and said, hey, they didn't they didn't go and build this whole offense around Antonio Brown. And that's why it's made that transition so much easier now that he's not there because, well, it wasn't built around him anyway. Well, clearly I was wrong. That was one thing that I was wrong, and I, I, I got to own it. Whenever I'm wrong, I like to own things. And based off what John Gruden is saying now, it sounds like his offense was based solely around A.B. He had to be there for this offense to go. Two years in a row now, uh, the Raiders have lost their best player, arguably their best player, um, you know, right before the season starts. Khalil Mack one year, last year, and then uh, Antonio Brown this year. So, he, uh, you know, he, he was asked, how has he adapted to life without A.B.? How's the offense? Has it been difficult to get things going without A.B. around? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's caused us a little bit of uh, rethinking. You know, when you lose your starting Z, uh, who, who arguably is, 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 is a great player, and I don't think anyone's going to dispute that, you have to replace him. And uh, we're making an effort to uh, move Tyrell around. We're bringing on some younger guys. J.J. Nelson also got hurt. Don't forget that. He was hurt. Dwayne Harris got hurt, so we've had some multiple things to deal with, and we're dealing with it. So like I said, I gave John Gruden and company way too much credit, and uh, I, I feel like he really did build this offense around A.B., or, or at least design a lot of plays with A.B. involved in it, and now that he doesn't have that go-to guy, that number one dude, that weapon out there, nothing's really clicking yet, and it just you kind of see them stumble out of the gates. Of course, Denver was a different animal. Denver's not a really good team, but facing really good teams back-to-back -back weeks, even though Kansas City's defense isn't very good, still, I mean, they just they don't have that number one threat and clearly John Gruden's offense is not clicking now it's up to him that's not an excuse it's up to him to get it clicking to okay uh you got to you got to just move on you got to get over it okay he's not there figure something out figure out how to use the rest of your weapons maybe Keelan Doss will start to see the field not saying he's the end-all be-all but I mean he's a young dude he's got some size maybe he could do some things Tyrell Williams you got to keep moving him around I talked about it earlier in the week like hey you've got to figure out a way you got to get in that kitchen and start cooking 
You got to figure out a way. You got to get in the, in the lab and figure something out. That's, that's what your job is. That's what you're paid to do. And that's what Raider Nation's expecting. That's what the owner, Mark Davis, is expecting. And I'm sure that's what John Gruden's expecting. He's just got to figure things out. Now, real quickly, just got a couple more clips for you. And it's just about the game on Sunday. And the first one is John Gruden talking about Jacoby Brissett. He's taking over as QB1 now that Andrew Luck is uh, retired. I don't know if he actually officially ever retired. I don't know if he ever really turned in those papers. But obviously, he's not there playing with the Colts, right? So Jacoby Brissett's the guy they held on to him for a reason they gave him a lot of money but you know what has he thought of Jacoby Brissett taking over as QB1 for the Colts well they did a good job getting Brissett you know they not a lot of teams have a superstar quarterback retire and can turn the ball over to a guy like this you know Brissett's a winner he's a heck of a player and uh, he's getting paid well too now he's not your average Dayton Flyer like me I mean this guy's a hell of a player so I don't want to underestimate him at all he is doing an excellent job they have a violent offensive line. They can rock you, man. They can really run the football. And uh, Brissett is, is an experienced, composed quarterback that has arm talent and has escape ability. So they're going to be a handful. So there's his thoughts right there on quarterback Jacoby Brissett. And, yeah, he is going to be tough, man. He is no slouch. I said it before that just because he's not Andrew Luck doesn't mean that he doesn't have a little bit of a swagger to him and can't hold his own because he absolutely can. He's done a heck of a job. And, honestly, the Colts should be 3-0 if it wasn't for Adam Vinatieri. So the final thought came from John Gruden just about the, the Colts in general. Just how is it going to be to go from having to try to chase around Dalvin Cook to all of a sudden now you got to chase around Marlon Mack, you know, another, another dynamic running back. And uh, it just kind of got into the whole Colts team. Big thing with the Colts is, um, you know, they're they're built on this AstroTurf. They have speed at wide receiver. They have a spread offensive system that you have to account for. They can spread the field, and you got to deal with every RPO known to man. They can also close the ranks with three tight ends. They have three tight ends that hurt us last year bad, and they can pound it down your throat. And you ask Nelson, and you ask those guys up front. The center's a first rounder. Nelson's a top five pick. Costanzo's a number one pick. The right tackle's coming into his own, so we're going to have uh, a lot of, a lot of things to deal with. Get ready for it. Anxious, anxious to play. So that's all John Gruden had to say about both Jacoby Brissett and the Colts in general. We'll get more into the game. Matter of fact, on Friday's show, definitely kind of break down the game. My expectations, I've seen a lot of Raider Nation saying, oh, this is going to be a dub on Sunday. Just kind of no no doubt about it. Like, as a matter of fact, it's going to be a dub. And, and hopefully it is. Hopefully you're right. But uh, it's not going to be easy, man. It ain't going to be no walk in the park. A lot of people are just chalking it up to, oh, that's going to be a dub. That's a dub. Well, the Raiders going to have to go out there and earn that. We will talk about that on Friday's show. Coming up in segment number two, you're going to hear my conversation that I had with Tommy Call 3, 95.7 The Game. He does shows on there. He's on on the weekends. He also jumps on a bunch of different other shows and just talks about the draft. And uh, also he does he, he writes pieces for Raiders Wire. He's coming up next. Our conversation, it was a lot of fun. That's coming up next in segment number two of the Locked On Raiders podcast. But before I get into that, I want to tell you about Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans a live entertainment with the experiences that will last a lifetime with vivid seats listeners can watch their favorite teams artists all perform in person and earn credit back on all purchases made through the vivid seats app via the vivid seats rewards loyalty program vivid seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience as well as that in-app loyalty program that i mentioned vivid seats reward what you got to do to get it all you got to do is go to the app store or google play and download the vivid seats app Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, and they'll enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Rewards. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. So whatever event you're ready to go to, make sure you do it with Vivid Seats. Get your tickets through Vivid Seats. Go download the Vivid Seats app right now, and when you're ready to check out, use the promo code KICKOFF. That's KICKOFF. 
Use that at checkout and you'll receive a discount of up to $100. So again, using the Vivid Seats app, when you get to checkout time, you got to put kickoff as the promo code and you'll receive a discount of up to $100 with Vivid Seats. Now, I told everybody on Wednesday's show that I was at the Rangers game on Tuesday night, and my homeboy from the Bay Area, Chris, Chris Stamps, he showed up. I tweeted out the picture of him, me and him back in high school, and also me and him at the Ranger game, and we were just chopping it up, and it was so funny, the fact that we were just sitting there and telling stories, and, you know, obviously I got the wife with me, and uh, he's got his girl with him, even though it wasn't his girl girl, but it was his girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, it was so funny just telling those stories because we were talking about, I mean, the whole time, we just talked about everything we did chasing ladies, like, and we did so much stuff chasing ladies. I I mean, we absolutely used to be some dirt digglers, but it's cool. It doesn't matter, but it just made me think, man. It just made me think of all the stuff that we used to do and all the shenanigans we do just to hang out with girls. And and you know how it is, fellas. You know how it is, man. We ain't that guy anymore, right? Or old. I'm 43 now. Well, I'm almost 43. I'll be 43 in November. So things may not be, you know, functioning the same way that it used to back in the day, like when I was doing those uh, shenanigans with my homeboy Chris and, and going and chasing a bunch of tail like that. Things might not be the same as it used to be. And so, fellas, if you're having a little bit of struggle, if, if you're not performing like you used to, Maybe you need some Blue Chew. You can increase your performance, get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com, like the color blue. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it's going to work. You can take it anytime, day or night, full stomach, doesn't ma- it doesn't matter. And they're chewable, so they work up to twice as fast as a pill. You'll be ready whenever that opportunity arises, just like you were back in high school. As soon as you thought, as soon as you thought that you had an opportunity to go get some, you were there, boom, and you were ready to go, right? Exactly right. And it's not just for guys that really can't function, but it's for guys that want to function multiple times, like back in the day. I'm just saying, man, you could try it out. If you're having any kind of struggle, just try it out. It's all good. BlueChew.com. You want to get it for free? You can right now. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Locked On, and all you have to do is pay $5 for shipping. That's it. $5 for shipping. So you could try it. It'll work like a charm. And then, man, you'll be ready to go, right? Absolutely. Your, your, your woman will thank you for it, too, as well. I'm just saying. So try it right now. BlueChew.com. Promo code locked on. It's the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for being a sponsor of the Locked On Raiders podcast. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here we are, Raider Nation, segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Thursday, September 26, 2019. And I'll tell you right now, I know I told you at the top of the show that I, w- I had to do a couple thinking on the on the fly. You know, I had to make a couple audibles or I made an audible. Well, I'm making another audible because segment number one, I just realized, went really, really long, a lot longer than I expected it to. I was actually going to do a short segment then and then get into the interview with Tommy Call and then have those calls in segment number three. So this is what I'm going to do. And I know someone's going to be mad at me, but this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to punt on segment number three's phone calls and I'm just going to split up this interview because it's like 23 minutes so there's no way I could squeeze it all into one segment and then do calls on top of that because the show will be like an hour and 15 minutes long and I'll get in trouble and at some point I got to worry about me too <laughs> I got to keep myself out of trouble keep the man out of my pocket you know what I'm saying that's what my mom used to say hey keep the man out of my pocket that was when I left the light on in the in the room or something you know if I was out of a room and I wasn't there or I left something on like a TV on and nobody was watching it hey hey turn that off keep the man out of my pocket Anyway, I have no idea what keep the man out of my pocket has to do with me making sure that the length of the podcast is a certain length, but whatever. You get the idea, right? All right, so let's go ahead and just jump into this interview. This is part one of my interview with Tommy Call 3, talking wide receivers. We talk about John Gruden. We talk about Derek Carr. I mean, conversation about the Raiders. 
Joining me now on the phone lines right now to talk a little bit of wide receivers, you know, a couple wide receivers in college and also what's going on in the NFL right now with the Raiders is my man Tommy Call 3. You can find him on Twitter at Tommy underscore III. Works at 95.7 The Game. Does a hell of a job there. Also writes for the Raiders Wire. Does a great job there. Uh, also does a lot of stuff when it comes to the draft. And I know you were at the Combine, or not the Combine, but you were in uh, Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Just did a whole lot of stuff leading up to the draft. You did a hell of a job with that. So I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit, man. You had a, a piece out that's on the Raiders Wire right now about wide receivers that I encourage everybody to go check out. I retweeted it already because I want people to, to be able to read it, but it got my wheels turning about wide receivers and obviously when it comes to the Raiders, John Gruden, he tried to go out there and, and roll the dice and go get AB. That would have been wide receiver number one. He's a hell of a, a weapon. He's a hell of a player, but obviously things just didn't shake out. Upstairs is not alright with AB, so we know how that planned you know, fizzled out. So now at this point, it's like, all right, who do you really have? So Gruden was talking today in a presser, and he was talking about the fact that, you know, things changed once A.B. was gone. So can you see with the wide receiving crew that the Raiders have right now, I say that there's no number one guy, and he's just trying to figure some things out right now. Can you see that as well, where it's almost like, I think he's trying to figure out how he can navigate through this without a talent as, as large as A.B.? Yeah, I, I agree with you, Q. And first, man, thank you for having me on. As always, man, you're the man for that. But I think we all really like what Tyrell Williams has done so far. I mean, this is – he's looked good in his opportunity. But I also think this is kind of what his ceiling is right now. We, I think we can all agree that he would be better with a number one wide receiver. And I think I talked to a lot of people – they say, hey, you know, a number one wide receiver isn't really needed as much as it maybe once was in the NFL with, with play calling and the spread amount and the air raid kind of coming to the professional level that you might not need a number one guy. I think it's a little different when it comes to John Gruden's offense. He needs that number one guy. That's why you go out and got and get Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. That's sending the message that you want a number one guy. And outside of Tyrell Williams, you don't really have a whole lot there. I mean, I, you know, I was writing about Hunter Renfro, and, and Keelan Doss was a guy I loved out of UC Davis, obviously up here locally, um, you know, Northern California, but they haven't really shown anything yet. They've been quiet, while a lot of other rookie wide receivers across the league are really showing out. So I think it wouldn't be crazy to already kind of have some draftable wide receivers in your head because it would be a surprise if the Raiders didn't go and try and draft one of these guys early. Let me ask you about Hunter Renfro because it's a guy that I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of. I think he's going to do some good things for the Raiders. But like you said, kind of off to a, cl- a slow start. But the whole offense in general, in my opinion, is off to a slow start. What do you think Hunter Renfro potentially could be for the Raiders in John Gruden's offense? Yeah, I think he'd be that, that, that you know, kind of generic slot wide receiver that I think everybody thinks he could be. What I was worried about is if he can create separation at the next level, if he's not going to get bullied a little bit because – you know, I, I've, I stood next to this guy at the national championship up here in Santa Clara and out in Mobile. I mean, I was shocked by how small he was. Like, I was like, I can't believe this guy's out there cutting the guys up from <laughs> Alabama, just destroying these dudes. And he just looks like a kid, a little, you know, a young kid. And you see, you know, he's obviously made an impression to, to stick on that, uh, the Raiders 53 and everything like that. I was skeptical when, when drafting him, but I think he could have the skills. I just want to see it happen in a game at the professional level because we saw the cut-ups through hard knocks, all the kind of exciting little things he was doing in training camp, but through three games, it's still early. We haven't seen it yet, but I think he could be a piece, but it could be that the Raiders' offense as a whole just needs a a kind of a highly talented guy next to him to free him up a little bit. 
everybody knows about Hunter Renfro at this point. Yeah, no, they, they really do. Uh, obviously, being from Clemson and, and being on that national championship stage multiple times, uh, people are going to know his name and know who he is. And like you said, uh, the the Hard Knocks also uh, put, highlighted him. It highlighted him in a major yeah. way. So people You're not sneaking up on anybody. Exactly, not sneaking up at all. Keelan Doss, uh, he he gets cut from the Raiders. He goes and signs with the Jaguars. Gets put on their practice squad, and then. Uh, you know, John Gruden goes and tries to get him, and he says no at first. He balks at that, and then they give him a lot more money. He comes back to the Raiders. He's on the 53-man roster, but we haven't really seen him get into any kind of action and do anything. What what was the biggest hang-up with Keelan Doss? On, first of all, in your opinion, why he didn't get drafted, and what do you think he has to learn? What do you think he has to show John Gruden and company in practice before he can actually get some real deal action in the game? I was I was shocked, Hugh. I think we even talked about him going back to the draft, and I was I was dropping his name like this is going to be – a serious dude at the next level. I could not believe he went undrafted. He was one of those guys that maybe people at the next level saw something that I didn't because, you know, getting kind of uh, to see him at UC Davis, this is a guy that drew Keelan, uh, you know, uh, Keenan Allen type comparisons. Mm. I mean, could run a ton of routes, had that leaping ability and body control. I mean, he was really impressive going back, you know, mentioning the senior bowl again, but he was there with Hunter Renfro. He was great there in my opinion. And, he was kind of the talk of the town during that week, which has a big impact on the NFL draft. So I thought I was a, a missing link with why he didn't get drafted. I really didn't know what it was. There wasn't one thing that stood out for me. And then for him to get cut from the Raiders for guys like Ryan Grant, J.J. Nelson, these guys that we kind of know who they are at this point. Right. And I thought the Raiders and John Gruden would take a chance on developing a guy like Keelan Dawson. Obviously, he's back in town now. But it's a, it's a weird situation to me. I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head by seeing why, we're, why aren't we seeing him on the field. Is it maybe he doesn't know the offense? Is it lack of consistency? Things like that. I think that might be the only thing. Maybe because at times he wasn't the most consistent. And this is a guy who was balling out the best player on the field every time he took the field at the college level since he was in, I think, the Big Sky con- Conference at UC Davis. But now at the NFL, it might be just a little bit of a shock to him. Things might be moving a little fast. Those are the, some things that... I'm just kind of making up to you right here, Q, because I don't really know exactly why he's not seeing the field at this level or getting that chance because he looked like he looked like a stud in the in the preseason, no? Right, right. Yeah, no, he did. And I, I feel like there's got to be at least a package. If he doesn't know the whole offense, there's got to be some way you could get away, get him on the field, right, and just use him as a weapon, yeah. at least in, in a certain small package. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you. I, I, I would want to see him. And what I think now you cut a guy like Ryan Grant, which I think happened – you know, today as we're rec- recording this, yep. hopefully it opens up some opportunities for him because what I liked most about Keelan Doss is he, he's a big guy, but he can play in the slot. He can play inside and out. That's what he did at the college level, and we see it in the NFL so much more than we have in the past. Is these bigger guys, not these twitched-up little tiny guys, maybe like Hunter Renfro playing in the slot, and that could be an opportunity for him that we maybe see him start at first and then maybe move on to the outside. Yeah, no, that could that could really, very well be. And like you mentioned, with Ryan Grant being released, uh, there's a good chance that maybe Keelan Doss does see the field maybe as early as this Sunday and, and starts to start getting things going. But you mentioned a D word when you were talking about the team and Ryan, uh, not Ryan Doss, but uh, Keelan Doss and his develop. There's a mm. big controversy, not controversy, but amongst Raider Nation, everyone's kind of split on John Gruden. Can he actually develop talent? Can he develop a quarterback? Can he develop talent? Can he do that? Can he take this team to the next level? Do you believe, and there's no wrong answer here, do you believe mm. that John Gruden has the ability, has it in him to develop a, a, a team and get this team going on the right tracks? I do think so, but I'm kind of hanging, hanging on uh, the edge here where at first I was, kind of, I was excited 
for Gruden like like I feel like everybody was. Even right. if you're a Raider fan or not, seeing John Gruden on the sideline gives a little excitement to every game he steps on the field with. But it's been a lot of bad so far. It's been a lot of mm-hmm. kind of head scratching and, and seriously, really, I feel like I, that's the kind of word you're saying a lot when you're watching John Gruden's offense and especially we haven't seen younger guys take that next step and this is a team that has a, a lot of younger guys. So we're really going to have to see. I don't think there's a, there's, a, there's a pinch on a timeline. I don't think he's close to sitting on the hot seat. You know they want to roll him out as the guy in Vegas. But, I mean, the longer this goes on for, I think more Raider fans and the drama that you talked about, the, the kind of antsiness will get bigger and bigger and bigger. But, you know, you can only do what he has. And what I'm saying is, you know, you turn to this 2020 draft and, and look, and hopefully you find some guys that can really kind of be the face of this organization. And, you know, the guy that I'm starting to question a lot is, is Derek Carr, uh, unfortunately, Q. And this is a guy that I, I really rooted for, but I'm, I'm kind of – I wonder if he's the problem when it, co- when it comes to Gruden. I, I really don't know at this point. Okay, well, go ahead and expand on that, though, because, uh, you know, that's something interesting, and that's a conversation piece as well. Derek Carr and John Gruden, I mean, you want to go and start some mess. Go on and, and, and find a group of Raider fans and say John Gruden or Derek Carr's name and watch the fire just burn. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's a hot topic right now. So so what what is your biggest concern with Derek Carr moving forward? Because he's a guy I believe – can get it done, but in the last two games against really good teams, you haven't seen him getting it done. Yeah, it's, it's the inconsistencies like that because, Q, how good did he look week one? Right. Everybody said this is the Derek Carr that, was, that got the MVP uh, chatter and all this stuff, eyes down the field, eyes down the field. And then sometimes when he's facing these better teams, it, he turns into you know a dink and dunk machine and a guy that, that kind of looks a little frazzled at times, doesn't look like he has control of John Gruden's offense. And I think that that patience between Gruden and him is wearing thin. Is it just me or, you know, I'm going back to hard knocks here, but this is kind of where we get a, a view of these guys' relationship. But I thought it was a little awkward between them two at times. And it seemed like Gruden and him might not be on the same page with things where a lot of it was Derek Carr hyping Gruden about how much he knows or how, much, how excited he is about these certain things. And Gruden just kind of looking at him like, yeah, okay, moving on. We all have that guy that has that reaction, right, when we're talking with somebody. And it seemed like that was Derek Carr to John Gruden. And then we look to the field, and those inconsistencies, and those kind of weird just plays where he doesn't look deep. He doesn't, he's throwing short of the marker every time he drops back. And, and, you know, if there is pressure, he turns into a different player. And I don't know if that's injuries or the offense or what it, what it is, but that's kind of the worst thing you want to see about a quarterback. You want a gunslinger. You want a Patrick Mahomes. You want a guy right. that's that's trying to take the top off the defense, you know, and really try and hurt you. I don't know if Derek Carr wants to hurt other defenses. I think he's fine just trying to march them down the field and take what he can get, and that's just not going to cut it in the NFL. Would you feel like that that's more John Gruden telling him, just do that, or do you think John Gruden wants to take some shots here and there? We know his offense isn't uh, is it not Andy Reid's offense, but do you think he wants yeah. to take some shots? I do because – how can you not watch Gruden and listen to him and not think he's an aggressive guy? Right. It, would, it would be weird to have that, that personality, that big personality that he does, but when, then when it comes to the play sheet, he becomes ultra-conservative. It just doesn't add up, right, Q? All right, so that was just part one of my interview, my little conversation. I don't even want to call it an interview because it was totally uh, not an interview style. You know what I mean? I mean, it was an interview style, but really wasn't. It was more like just a conversation, and it wasn't planned. It just, boom, was one of those things that happened. And like I said, I, I was blessed that he was able to give me some of his time, and I think it's really good. Hopefully you enjoy part one, and you'll enjoy the second half coming up in segment number three. Before I get into segment number three, though, I got to tell you about my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. And let's face it, man, where you're betting – 
is just as important as who you're betting on. I would not be telling you about it if they weren't the best. It's real, real simple. So if you're going to bet football this season, do it with my bookie. And things that they do, things that they provide, things, services that they're, they allow to happen there is you can actually bet on games after the kickoff. If by the second half it looks like your bet's going to lose, you can just take the other side. And if you're the kind of person that likes to just bet a little bit but win a whole lot, who doesn't want to do that? Then go on and try a parlay. All your picks come through. You'll multiply your winnings. So no matter how you bet, this NFL season is always going to be the best time of year to do it. And the best place to do it is with my bookie. If you join now, my bookie will double your first deposit if you use the promo code Locked on. You guessed it. All you got to do is use the promo code locked on. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Today is Thirsty Thursday for me. So that means after I get off my radio show at 3 o'clock Central Time, I'm going to go hang out at one of the spots, one of the hot spots with the fellas. Either it'll be walk-ons, it might be Hooters, Bubba's is on Friday, so it won't be that, or else there'll be some new place. Oh, actually, I'm doing my show later on today. I forgot about that. I'm doing my show later on today. I'm glad I was talking about this from El Paso. It's a Mexican grill, and uh, they always treat me right. So maybe I'll be there a little bit longer than my show. Maybe we'll have our Thirsty Thursday celebration at that place. I don't know. We'll be somewhere today, and if you're like me, Sometimes you don't pay attention to your bank account balance, right? The moment you see you're going to be overdrawn, that's when it's too late. You know what they hit you with. They hit you with the fees, like $37, right? It's ridiculous. All of a sudden, your, your account is overdrawn, $37, $37. They hit you with so many fees. By the time you deposit some money, all of a sudden, you're just paying for all those fees, and then you really ain't got no money. Well, let me tell you about Dave.com. Dave is the number one budgeting app in America because it saves you from overdraft fees. That's right. Tells you about your upcoming bills and can advance you $75 from your next paycheck with no credit check and no interest. Get the Dave app and for just $1 per month, which is only $12 a year, way less than an overdraft fee, you'll never have to pay one again. Dave will help you budget for upcoming expenses, text you if you're spending too much, and if you need cash fast, advance you $75 in just 90 seconds. Sounds like my wife. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It really does. She works at the bank. She's like, ah, I see you're spending too much money. Get on up out of there. <laughs> anyway, so what you got to do is go to dave.com slash locked on. And it really helps the show if you let them know that you heard them here. Then download Dave and never, ever pay another overdraft fee again. It's immediate savings. Go now. Dave.com slash locked on. Spell just like it sounds. Dave. D-E. That's not Dave. That's dead. D-A-V-E. Dave.com slash locked on. Do it now. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. No calls in today's show. Going to have a, a, a show heavy with calls on Friday's edition. How about that? I promise you I'll have a show heavy of calls on Friday's edition. But no calls here because I got the second half of my conversation that I had with Tommy Call 3 from 97.5 The Game. Also, he writes for Raiders Wire. He does a great job with the draft. So here's part two of my conversation with Tommy Call 3. Who do you think would fit? Who do you think would be a better fit in John Gruden's offense moving forward? Not that I'm trying to get too deep in the draft right now, but still, sure. you see a guy and you say, you know what, he would be a, a damn good Raider because he fits this offense. I mean, it's, it's got to be Henry Ruggs. I mean, he's the definition. Henry Ruggs III, the Alabama wide receiver, uh, the guy that plays next to Jerry Judy, who I'm sure we're going to talk about at some point because how could you not if you're right. talking about wide receivers and you don't bring up both of these Alabama wideouts? But Ruggs, a guy that I am really falling in love with the more I watch him, and he's kind of the definition of the Al Davis Raiders, where if Al Davis was running things, this guy would be the number one player on the board, no doubt, because of this guy. He's got lethal speed. I mean, you're talking 4-2 speed, Q. That, that guys are saying that 
he's the odds-on favorite to run the fastest at the Combine right now, where he's Tyreek Hill, Marquise Goodwin, Hollywood Brown, you know, that, that list of names fast. And that ability just, we see what it does in the NFL. Everybody knows about Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman on that Chiefs defense, and they still take the top off that thing every time they're on the field. And Henry Ruggs plugs in, and also just the ability to cut, to you watch him run some routes, mm-hmm. and defenders are 15 yards off the ball, 20 yards off the ball, because they're so scared of his speed. And he makes a few cuts, and they, they put their feet in the ground for two seconds. He's gone. He's that fast. I mean, blazing blur speed. One of the fastest players in the NFL the day he suits up in a uniform. So you mentioned Judy, which is obviously his teammate at Alabama. He, we're all assuming he's going to be wide receiver number one. Would you, put, uh, would you put Henry at number two? Man, I was having a tough time not. I, the more I've okay. seen him, he's a guy that I was kind of like, all right, well, we'll want to see that consistency kind of move over to, to this season, where obviously we knew the name going into the year, right. but, uh, but we want to see what he could do next to Judy, because everybody's going to try and take Judy away, because He's so dynamic when he gets the football in his hand. Um, but, man, Ruggs has really proven it. It seems like every week you're, you're looking at an 80-yard catch and touchdown from him. It's going to be interesting seeing him go against LSU-type defenses and Georgia and the rest mm-hmm. of these kind of uh, big dogs they have in the SEC. That's going to be fun to watch. But, I mean, Q, I know you've had to have seen Judy at this point. I mean, oh, yeah. what really can you say about him? This guy might be the most hyped wide receiver the draft is seen maybe since Calvin Johnson. When you hit me up, I kind of tried to look back at some guys. <laughs> I mean, bigger than Julio Jones. Wow. Uh, I mean, I mean, this guy. Everybody knows his name right now. Right. And knows him. Some people have him as the number one wider, number one player in the draft. Mm. I mean, we could see him going number two, right behind Tua. You know, when April rolls around. Do you think it's going to be? Uh, do you think he'd go off the board that early? Because there's going to be a couple quarterbacks that are, you know, teams are going to need those quarterbacks. You know how they are; they always shoot to yeah. the top of the the top of the list. Do you think that that that's going to be the case where it'll be quarterback, 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 then a wide receiver? Or do you think he'll be like maybe one uh, quarterback and then boom, the wide receiver right away? You know, it always depends on how the draft board uh, shakes up. I think that gap between Tua and the rest of the guys is getting bigger by the minute. That's what I've heard that okay. that that uh, Justin Herbert. Jordan Love from Utah State. I mean, I think the guy Jacob Eason from Washington is a guy people are really starting to kind of grow that bandwagon. Joe Burrow from LSU. Those guys are picking up steam while Herbert and Love and the rest of the guys that we might not might know about next to Tua is growing bigger. And what that might mean is there might be cracks for, you know, a, an edge rusher like Chase Young or Jerry Judy or even Ruggs in that top five conversation. It's going to depend on how this draft shakes out, but you know, you look around the league, and a lot of teams have a solidified young guy. It seems like everywhere there's all, there's going to be a handful of teams that need a guy, but a lot across the league, I mean, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks go off the board in these last couple of years, and teams seem to be really invested with those guys. But I mean. Arizona also did trade their top 10 pick last season, so you never really know. <laughs> yeah, no, you absolutely don't. And, you know, uh, you mentioned Tua, and, look, I've, I've been on record of saying that I like him a lot, uh, but people will tell you that I, I like Alabama guys. I do. <laughs> I like Alabama <laughs> players. I mean, I, not? Yeah, I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think that he could be a successful quarterback on the NFL level? One, not a lot of lefties do it. I mean, Steve Young, we mm-hmm. know. You know, there's obviously there's there's outliners. There's guys that do do it, but there's not a lot yeah. of lefties that get it done. And then people say, well, it's just Alabama, and that's why he's so successful. Can you see what he does and see it translating on the next level? I really do, and it's for two things that I think a lot of people aren't taught. Like, the draft buzzwords, we don't talk a lot. What makes Tua special is his ability in the pocket is, I mean, nothing like I've really seen. I thought Kyler Murray was a, was a kind of a quick trigger player. 
Tua sees a read and the ball is coming. I mean, he his de- decision making process is as fast as ever since I've been doing this, I have seen. That paired with his ability in the pocket, I mean, the guy steps away from pressure. Yes, he's behind Alabama's offensive line. But he's also seen his fair, he's, he's been against Clemson. He's been against LSU. He's been against Georgia. Those guys have some nasty, uh, you know, defensive linemen too. And he's moved around that pocket so easy. And it looks like the guy is just, he has that Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, where he never looks rattled, never looks good. I understand people are going to, Bring up the Clemson game from last year when we talk about right. If you the more you more I've watched that game, some of the plays that this guy has made. I mean, you see his eyes and his head snap around the the field, and the football is flying out of his hand. And those things to me just make me think this kid is special. You, I know it's going to be debated a lot throughout the season, throughout the whole draft process leading up to the draft. I know his name is going to be debated with all the quarterbacks and if he's going to be good or not. But I just definitely wanted to get your thoughts on that since uh, you know since we were talking about uh, draft and Alabama sure. guys. Anyway, uh, back to wide receivers real quick. Tylen Wallace. I'm here in Central Texas. Obviously, cover the Big Twelve a lot, and Tylen mm-hmm. Wallace is a heck of a player for Oklahoma State. Uh, how concerned are you about the lack of the Big Twelve wide receivers really being successful in the league? I think all of those kind of uh, you know cliche might start getting thrown out the more and more because the air raid and all those all those things we love about Big 12 football is coming to the NFL. True. And I think you just have to start getting used to it. And look, Kyler Murray, I, I, he's every you know cliche that we've seen. And through a couple games, the guys look pretty darn good. All right. I mean, he's been impressive in my opinion. And so I think that's, you know, you're going to say the same for wide receivers. And what I love about Tylen Wallace is, man, when this guy gets the football in his hands, he is nasty. I mean, the, the vision, I, I love it. That's why I love Debo Samuel last year. And I think we talked about it. I brought up mm-hmm. his vision so many times. I mean, I'm talking about finding, you know, where to sit down in his routes. And then when he gets the football in his hands, find those creases to create trunk plays. And it seems like every time you look up with Tylen Wallace, it's a, it's a 25 yard gain, a 35 yard game, a 45 yard gain. And it seems like that guy has a knack for just finding holes in the defense, whether he has the football in his hands or he's running a route, and for that reason alone, I, I, I really like this kid. I'm going to ask you about one more wide receiver, and I love it because of his size. I love the fact he's 6'4", 195, Benjamin Victor out of Ohio State. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on him, and where do you think, I mean, just, just early projections in September, where do you think a guy like him could slide in in the draft? I think he's probably a mid-round guy right now, and okay. I, I, it's, it's funny you ask me about him because He's a guy that I've been sitting on a little bit, but the more I watch him, the more I like him. Over his career at Ohio State, he's been pretty inconsistent. But through three games, the new quarterback and that offense they're running, you know, out in Ohio, he's looked pretty darn good. And I really like him for because he knows his role on that team. This guy is a bully. He's gotten better at, you know, body control, high-pointing the football. He catches everything with that frame, you know, and they're sending him vertically a lot in this new offense at Ohio State or the offense they run in Ohio State. He is running down the field a lot in games. And I think the more we see him, the more and more people are going to start talking about him. And, you know, one thing that gets brought up with Ohio State receivers, and I think Benjamin Victor might be kind of your ideal candidate for this, is these guys don't put up crazy statistical numbers in college. Think about Michael Thomas, Curtis mm-hmm. Samuel, a guy who's balling out right now. These guys never really light it up at the college level. Even um, the guy who was drafted last year, Paris Campbell, he didn't yeah. dominate in college. He wasn't this name like we're talking about Jerry Judy or these highly touted wide receivers. But at the next level, they really, really perform. And I don't know what it is about that, but I think Benjamin Victor might be a guy to put in that conversation someday. 
Well, that's great stuff right there, man. Again, I, I didn't want to take up too much of your time, but we start talking and we start rolling. And uh, that piece that you put out on Raiders Wire about wide receivers and your first 2020 draft piece uh, really caught my attention and got the wheels turning, man. So I really appreciate your time. That's Tommy Call 3. You can find him on Twitter at Tommy underscore 3. I suggest you give him a follow. He's got great stuff he puts out. 95.7 The Game. How often are you on? Tell everybody how often you're on, where they can find you when you're on the radio. Yeah, I do a uh, little guest spots talking about this same thing on a you know weekly basis, obviously talk a lot of 49er football, Raider yeah. football, and then I host the show every Saturday night um, in the evening on 95.7 The Game with, uh, with my partner Stephen Lankford there at 95.7. If you know you out there in the Bay Area, tune in. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. And I'll definitely be tuned in. Uh, I know I can get it online and get it on, uh, what, the Radio.com Act, right? It's radio. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. See, I, I'm tell- when I mow my lawn, I'm, tell- I'm, I'm going to take you behind the scenes real quick. When I mow my lawn, I'm always locked in. Every single time that I mow the lawn, I always have usually 95.7 The Game on. Every once in a while, I'll venture off to, like, ESPN Las Vegas or something like that just to see yeah. what they're talking about. But 95% of the time when I'm mowing the lawn, I got you guys locked in. You guys do a great job, so keep up the good work. And obviously, you're doing a great job on the Raiders wire as well and uh, I'm telling you man when it comes to draft stuff and man you're, you're spot on I, I love talking to you about it and we could probably talk all night so I, I definitely we appreciate could. your time my man yeah I, I appreciate it Q and I know next time we're talking we're going to be talking about your boy Denzel Mims I know that one I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't ask me about him well what do you think what do you think of Denzel Mims because what I've seen from him at Baylor and this year is probably a little bit different but he's been a little bit inconsistent and almost frustrating because you can see how good he can be but he's just been yeah. inconsistent but what are your thoughts on Denzel Mims yeah I, I, I kind of as we're talking here I have my notes up in front of me and, and that's the one thing I have for him is in, in, inconsistency but that burst is real deal man I mean he is he can jump off the line of scrimmage, and you've kind of seen he can do that in and out of routes, and that's what gets me excited alone, that burst right there, because I was a track star, track star in high school in Texas, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy can really, really run, and that's the one thing that sticks out to me, and I love those guys that get in and out of their routes quickly, and I think that's who Mims is, and he's another guy that I think later, later down the road when we start talking more and more about the draft, when people start falling in love with the, with the athletic traits, that Mims is going to be a guy that skyrockets up the board, in my opinion. That's going to be awesome, man. And, and like I said, I don't want to start talking draft too early because that means that the season's already <laughs> over, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I hear you. But uh, at the same time, man, when you see some good stuff out there and you get some good talk going, man, it, it's hard not to start talking about it. So, Tommy, I appreciate your time as always. Of course. And we'll be talking soon, I promise. Thanks, Q. I appreciate it, man. Anytime. All right, so there it was right there. If you don't follow Tommy on Twitter, you should. He's a really good follow. At Tommy underscore three. Real good dude. He's on 95.7 The Game on the weekends. He also chimes in on a bunch of different shows talking draft, and he's already starting to dive into the draft already, and that's really cool. So I'll definitely have him on the podcast many, many times before next season's draft, but really not trying to focus on the draft right now, but that piece that he he wrote, and I do encourage you to go ahead and check it out. If you follow me on Twitter, at your boy Q254, you saw that I retweeted it. It's really, really good. It's only like five or six wide receivers, but it's really good stuff. So definitely just go check it out, and uh, you know, you maybe start to get a little bit of an idea of guys that you may like and again don't worry I'm going to talk to him multiple times between now and the end of the season and all that good stuff because he's, he's a real good follow and he's a real good dude so I uh, appreciate his time hopefully you enjoyed that hopefully you enjoyed today's show and before I go no I'm just kidding I'm not going to do that to you anyway <laughs> we'll have some more on Friday we'll have more calls we'll talk about the game break it down uh, things that I think the Raiders should do I don't know if they're going to listen to me this time but we'll see You know, I'll talk about the game in pretty good detail coming up on tomorrow's show. So until then, Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby.